Welcome back to episode 21 of Off the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, joined by Matt and Mello. First podcast of the 2022 regular season. Yes, sir. It's been a while since we were on here, but we got a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff has happened since opening day. We're here to fill you in, give our opinions and everything in between. So, yeah, I'm pumped. How about you, Mello? Yeah, the Dodgers started their season losing two out of three to the Rockies after I was saying for three months that they were going to kick their ass. So um, I'm excited. Thank God. Finally here. Felt special. So happy it's back. Yeah. Yep. So like we said, it's been a week since opening day. And this is the first podcast we're going to touch on a little bit of the opening day stuff and get into the more recent events, I guess. So one of the big stories coming out from, I think this did happen on opening day, that Rob Manfred sent every single Major League Baseball player a pair of headphones and a note of appreciation trying to patch up their relationship from the lockout. Um, I think it was kind of a cool move. I didn't really expect it. I mean, he didn't need to do that, but it's, I don't know. It was cool, I guess. Yeah, I think it was a it was an interesting move. It was nice of him to do that, but like, yeah. if you cared that much, then you would have been more involved in the lockout. It seems like, but I guess if he's trying his best now, because trying the best to repair what was broken, it was a nice gesture. That's for sure. This was a nice uh, move for both sides. You know, uh, Bowles is like a sponsor with Major League Baseball, so you know Manfred didn't have to pay a dime for those those headphones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, you know, they, they, you know, Bowles was like, yeah, we want to see our players wearing our headphones. We'll send you a bunch. So, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I like what Bobby said. He didn't have to do that. And I wasn't expecting anything. I was, I kind of expected him just to go away. Yeah. But it's cool that he recognized that there was obviously a clear problem with many players going to social media, stating their like disdain for the commissioner of baseball, basically. So it's good that he's trying to, patch it up and he's recognizing that and trying to do something about it i don't know if a pair of headphones is going to be make marcus stroman like tweet nice things about rob manford now but it's a start (laughs) this was um damn i just lost my train of thought again here we go um i mean obviously he uh it's good yeah he it's good that he knows that there's tension and uh just because these two sides were able to get a deal done about a month ago that doesn't mean that they like each other, maybe. doesn't mean that. It yeah. means that they were able to figure it out. But there's still, like I said, there's still a lot of tension between both sides. Right. But it definitely helps that we're playing right now. So of we can try to get back to the middle. Yeah, exactly. All right. And then just to touch on something that, like, pretty much went viral, like, from I think this happened on opening night and Sunday night baseball with Joey Votto and Kike mic'd up. I think that's awesome. It's been going so well with Votto, Votto's clip, whatever, when he was talking to Ozzy at first base, that went viral. And then Kike, when he was in the outfield against the Yankees, he called Rizzo's hit or whatever, what, like called it before it happened. But I think it's very good for baseball. And it seems like they're going to do it every Sunday night baseball game. 
Yeah, I think it's a great move. And literally, why were they not doing this before? Because it doesn't <laughs> hurt anything to mic the players up. It literally only helps the game. There's no disadvantages that I can think of, really. So why were they not doing this before? Either way, I'm glad they're doing it now. Makes for lots of fun content. And you just get to see a little peek of what players are thinking during the game, which is pretty awesome. So I'm all for it, for sure. Yeah, I'm all for it, too. You know, obviously, every sport has, you know, they have, like, a player mic'd up. And then during the broadcast, like, oh, okay, before we start the inning, let's show you what such and such has been up to the last couple innings. But, like, for the broadcasters to actually kind of do, like, a live interview with them while they're playing their position, I think that's really cool. I think it started with the All-Star game. Because remember, for the longest time, the All-Star game meant home field advantage in the World Series, which whoever thought of that idea can – go jump off the building but um like that's how it started it's like they started miking up those players in the all-star game and like they found something it works yeah and especially when you have guys like joey Votto. what was he saying he, he was talking about getting uh didn't he say like gold heat something like that or didn't he say something crazy something outrageous like that yeah he was, he was to, talking welcome but to social yeah. media joey Votto. <laughs> oh yeah that's something else but um yeah no it shows up guys personalities a little bit and I don't know if you caught this but when Kike was coming off I didn't realize this I don't, I don't know if Joey Votto did it but you have to like nominate the player next weekend to do it so like when Kike oh. was running off the field he was like oh I nominate Ozzy Albi so Sunday which Sunday night baseball this week Ozzy's gonna be mic'd up so it seems like that's how they're going to do it, where the player mic'd up is going to nominate or choose the next week's person to do it, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. Because I don't think he, I don't think they want a a producer of Sunday Night Baseball in a suit to go up to a player. Hey, can we mic you up tonight? Exactly. Like, it seems like now, like you kind of you put them on the spot. It's like okay, like yeah, you're gonna have to do it now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's very cool though. They definitely have to keep doing that. Um, something else, another big story from this past week. Let's shift to Philadelphia. Oh Matt, boy, your boy, your boy Alec Bohm. I don't claim him. I don't claim him. Oh, <laughs> obviously, everyone knows the incident. He made three errors, whatever it was. He then he made a routine play, and Philly cheered for him like he just won. Uh, won the game for them, hit a walk-off home run, whatever. City of brotherly love. Yes. But then he said to DD, I think, I fucking hate this place. And, of course, the cameras caught that. And that clip went viral. And then he owns up to it. And I personally think he handled that perfectly. What do you think, Matt? I, I agree. I think, like, sure, obviously it was heat of the moment. Obviously, he doesn't hate Philadelphia because he he's there. He's playing there. He didn't request a trade or anything like that. He may be yeah. frustrated <laughs> with the fans, and I would understand that too. But the fact that he owned up to it, I thought was great of him. Um, very mature. I don't want to say that because like he's older than me. But anyway, it seemed very mature of him to do that. <laughs> uh, but it, it was a great move for him to own up to it was – perfect because the Philly fans are going to embrace that now if he wouldn't have owned up to it he would have caught a lot of slack I feel like from Philly fans and 
um, in terms of like the Phillies fans giving him a standing ovation. And then the next day when he got, he got called up to pinch hit for somebody, they gave him a standing ovation, which is funny, but like it's Philly, it's Philly. Their fans are, it's probably the third hardest place to play. Boston and New York, pretty tough. LA is pretty tough too, but their fans are sort of more laid back. I feel like than Philly. So you're going to have a lot of pressure playing there. And errors happen. Everybody knows he's not an incredible defensive third baseman. That's for sure. But if he if he takes his time a little bit more, sets his feet, and he can make those throws. But three errors in one inning is a little frustrating from a fan's perspective, too. So I want to hear what you guys think, non-biased Philly's opinion. How come they never – how come they never uh, catch you saying something good about something? Exactly. Why do they always catch you saying something bad? Like, oh, man, I love this city. Or, man, that was a great play. No, they always catch you saying the bad stuff. But, uh, um, yeah, he owned up to it. I'm so glad because a lot. I think a lot of other players would have tried to deny it. I think yeah. we all know who we're talking about, but we all have a couple players in mind. But um, Philly's a hard place to play, and he owned up to it. And Hopefully he can uh, pick it up for Matt. Yeah. Could be your boy he, again. He really did handle it perfectly. Like I was I was shocked and the way he presented the like he didn't apologize for it either. He didn't say like I'm sorry for that because he was just like it's the heat of the moment. It, emotions got the best of me. I mean I played it. like shit and yeah, but it was fine. I I would be content if I was a Phillies fan like I would be happy with that response like thank you for owning up to it yeah and if you wouldn't have owned up to it it would have been like all right then put your glove over your mouth and talk to Didi then because if you're not gonna own up to what you said and stand behind it like sure maybe it was a mistake to say that but if you're not gonna own up to it and say it was a mistake then cover your mouth and don't let the camera see what you were saying so exactly and if he didn't own up to it, he would have had to go on this apology tour uh, in Philadelphia, and he would have had to make an appearance at a 76ers playoff game. Like, <laughs> I love this city. I'm checking out the other teams. Look at me. I'm sitting in the front row. Go and, Sixers. And he could not deny it either. I mean, it was so very clear oh, that he said it. <laughs> he was yeah. like, y'all deny it. Let me see. And then he was like, oh, shit, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he has the offense going for him this year so far, which has been a plus, but I don't know. He's a player I'm not sure about yet. I don't think he's the future at third base completely, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, so someone who got off to an incredible, incredibly hot start, historical hot start from the Cleveland Guardians. Oh, Who also, by the way, have just been unbelievable. Somehow they have an offense that has shown up. But anyway, one guy from the Cleveland Guardians, Stephen Kwan. I mean, the first player since 1901 to reach base 18 times in the first five games. And it took him uh, 115 pitches until a swing and miss to start his career. It's insane. That's insane. And he basically came out of nowhere from what I understand because I'd never heard of him. 
before. Now, I'm not a huge prospects guy in general, so I can't say. Maybe he was on people's radar, at least partially, but I'd never really heard of him before. It's not like he was a Julio Rodriguez or Bobby Wood Jr. So coming out of nowhere to do this, is it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It seems like there's always one player every year that kind of has this crazy costume, like Akil Badu last year, like he took over the league, and then now it's Stephen Kwan. You're mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. But there's always like one guy who comes out of nowhere and just starts raking. And it's a cool story because the Guardians, like a team that no one really expected to do good. And yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, good story. And the first series was against the Kansas City Royals and all the attention was on, you know, Zach Granke returning and then Bobby Wood Jr. making his debut. Then, yeah, he had a couple of nice moments, but then you have this other kid kind of stole the show. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> After week one. Yeah, the Guardians staying on the Guardians, they are just they, unbelievable. I don't know how. Stay relevant. They're what do you call it? Four game win streak. They they actually lost the series to the Royals. I did not realize that. Hmm. The first series. But their past four games, they've scored seven runs, ten runs, ten runs, and seventeen runs. Wow. Jeez. The offensive juggernaut Cleveland Guardians (laughs) that we all know and love. But which is literally the opposite of what we expected. We were like, okay, this pitching young pitching staff is pretty good, but then <laughs> what about the offense? And now it's been like the pitching staff's been pretty good, but then the offense came out of nowhere for the most part. Uh, I mean, Jose Ramirez, people were looking for that because everybody knows he's a stud, but other than that, Framel Reyes is a power guy, but there's not a lot of other huge bats on that team, but. They were making it work, so. Yeah. So the first three um, leaders in batting average in Major League Baseball are Stephen Kwan, um, what do you call it, Owen Miller, of course, known known, uh, superstar Owen Miller, and Mm. Jose Ramirez, all three from the Guardians. Jesus. Top three spots. Well, that's National League. I mean, American League. No. Or is that Major League Baseball. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. What are they hitting? 526, Stephen Kwan, uh, Owen Miller, 524. And then Ramirez, Jose Ramirez, uh, 480. This guy's playing on. uh... Wait a second. Jose Ramirez this season through six games. 480 average, three home runs, and 14 RBIs with a 1.576 OPS. Nuts. It's pretty good. Well, these guys are starting off uh, MLB The Show on Beginner. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Playing on Beginner every day. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Guardians, they'll come back to Earth eventually, probably. They have a three-game set against the Giants this weekend. Okay. Let's go, Guardians. <laughs> Handle business. And then another big story from I forget what day this was, but Alyssa Nakin, Nakin, I think I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She made history as the first female on 
uh, on-field coach in Major League Baseball history, coaching first for the Giants after their first base coach got ejected. So that was a cool moment. First female coach actually being on the field in an MLB game. And then it was a cool moment when Eric Cosmer went over, shook her hand, congratulated her. But definitely a cool thing with with uh, like first female manager in professional baseball this year, then first female on-field coach. We're going to see more of this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For whatever reason, I was actually watching this game live and saw this happen. I was up, I was up late working oh. on uh, some stuff and had that game on in the background and saw it happen. So it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, there's like, why not? If the women are qualified enough, like um, there's no reason why they can't be base coaches, managers, anything. So it's great, great progress for the game. Oh, anything? Oh, I, I agree. I agree. With, <laughs> we just wanted to all, make sure you agree. Yeah, no, he took all my points. Yeah, I don't want to come off as like, you know, one of those people. But no, if she's qualified, which she is, obviously, she works, she's with the Giants. So, yeah, we're going to see a lot more of this. Yeah, I believe she, she's been in, with the Giants for a while now. Yeah, she's been with the Giants since 2014 as a baseball operation wow. like, intern. And then she's just been working her way up. Then she went – oh, she was an assistant coach in 2020. She was the first uh, full-time female coach in Major League history. And then worked her way up here. And like, pretty cool. Awesome so, yeah. story. Yeah, exactly. Shout out Alyssa. But we'll stay in the NL West for this next storyline of the week. Best storyline of the week. Clayton Kershaw getting pulled after seven innings, 80 pitches of a perfect game. Mello, were you watching this live? Were you watching this live? I was out. But I was okay. listening to it. I was listening to it on my phone on the radio. Okay. And as each passing out went by, I was more upset at myself because I was like, "Why am I not watching this game?" Yeah. But um, I looked at my phone and I noticed the game was going quick. And after the fourth inning, I was like, "Hmm." I checked the phone. He said, like, hey, "He's got no hits. You never know. Let's see how far we can go with this." And then. After the six, after the fifth inning, I got really excited. I was like, "Oh man, this this could something special could be happening." And then, um, and then he get he goes back in for after the sixth, and then I thought he was gonna get taken out. And this is the thing I had a problem with: if you're gonna take him out, take him out the inning before. Don't give us all hope that he's gonna go out there and try and get the last six outs. Because I would have preferred that if you were not gonna let him finish. If that was the plan, to not let him go, take him out in the sixth inning. But I got very excited, and I, I so upset. I was upset for the first maybe 15 minutes, and then after Vessia gave up the base hit, I uh, kind of cooled down. I was like, okay, they won the game, which matters. But I wanted him to go try it and get it. And damn, 
my manager Roberts does it again. This is like I think the second time in history that he's done this. Okay, didn't I saw that he did it to Rich Hill in 2016? I think. Yeah. Which I don't, I don't think I remember that, but. Yeah, I do. He had he had blister problems, which didn't even heal for a year. So, um. But Dave Roberts has unfortunately had a record of doing this with his starters, taking them out when they have something special going on. Yeah. So this small, actually, Matt, go. Okay. I have one main thing I want to say here. Jeff Passon, I don't know if you guys saw this tweet or not. I He summed it up very well. This is exactly what Jeff Passon said. He said, if it's a no hitter, whatever, yank him. Clayton Kershaw has thrown one, but there have been more than 220,000 games in MLB history. There have been 23 perfect games especially or everything especially pitch count of 80 is lining up to at least let Kershaw try you cannot pull him I could not agree more with Jeff Passan 220,000 games and there's only been 23 perfect games he's at 80 pitches let it give him a chance throw him back out there unless he unless Kershaw says no I don't want to go back out there like my arm is tired not tired but like worse than tired then then sure don't put him back out there but come on you got to give him a chance at being perfect he's that close six outs away come on yeah and his first no hitter the only reason why sorry Bobby the only reason why he didn't get a a perfect game is because Hanley Ramirez made an error I was again I watched that in full I was very upset after that but he got the no-hitter, and I couldn't be happier. But I understand both sides. But, yes, that I really would have liked him to at least go out there and try. He gives up a walk or he gives up a base to get him out of there. Yeah, of course. I think realistically, baseball-wise, it was the smart decision. Looking at the Dodger season as a whole. But I think you do – I think because of – Hold on. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Is it different because it's Clayton Kershaw? Hmm. What if it was um, Julio Urias? Because of his age or because of, like, his stature with the Dodgers and, like, who his, he is? Because stature. of who he is. Yeah, stature. Okay. I Would, would say you no. have gotten this upset if it was Urias or Walker Bueller or any – basically oh, no. any other pitcher? I would have. Yeah, I would have. I don't know. That's that's just a fan in me at the end of the day. I don't think it would have been this big of a story if it was any other pitcher. Right? I don't know. It's a perfect game, It's a though. perfect game. There's only been but, 23. But, uh, 23. But I think it's just because of who Clayton Kershaw is to this generation. Like, in Dodgers history... I don't I it's hard to say cuz obviously it didn't happen but I don't think it would be this big of a story if it was a lesser named player or if it was anyone because anyone not named Clayton Kershaw is a lesser named player but I think it still might have been like a big story but not this widespread and blown up if it wasn't Clayton Kershaw so that's why so that's why I think 
what Matt was saying. That's why you're like, okay. Dave Roberts goes up to Kershaw and says, how do you feel? Do you want to do this? And you basically put it in his hands, even though it's kind of, he's the veteran. He's what, you know, 30, whatever. He's been around forever. He has this insane resume. The only box he hasn't checked off is a perfect game. Yes, he's had injury history, all that stuff. But I think you kind of put it in his hands since he has that presence, that stature in baseball history, essentially. I mean, it would have sucked so much, though, if he would have went out there and, like, pulled something in his back because he's had those back injuries. Right. And then we would have all been looking at it almost like, come on, Dave Roberts, it's this early in the season, a shortened spring training, and you didn't pull him? Of course. So, obviously, hindsight is 2020, but it's – they played it safe. And like you said, they did the best thing for the Dodgers season at length. So yeah, yeah, because we need him for we need him for the long haul. We don't need him in April. We need him in October. Yeah. But and this will all go away. And look, nobody's gonna remember this in a few months. And if the Dodge, I if the Dodgers go out there and win a championship, we're not gonna remember this. Why we're doesn't not- Kershaw just do it again? Later on in the year, I mean, he's gonna do it on Monday. So I don't know. What we're talking. <laughs> yeah, you guys see the pitchy, the pitchy matchup by the way Monday. It's uh, Braves Max Freed versus Kershaw. Wow. Yeah, I saw Max Freed pumping ninety eight in his first start. I was like, all right, we gotta test this guy maybe. But <laughs> I haven't seen him do that in a while. No, but yeah, I don't know. It sucks as a, as a fan, and I think even Kershaw said it yesterday too. He was yeah. like, "If I was a fan, I would have been upset or wanted to see that, whatever." But which he's kind of taking little jabs at Roberts a little bit because I think he slept. He came home, he slept on it. He woke up. He's like, "Damn it, I should have went out there, and yeah. at least tried." Yeah, should have tried, but uh, uh, do it again. This couldn't. Exactly. Why couldn't? The, why couldn't this happen in July and August? This had to happen yeah. in his first start. When he hadn't picked up a ball all year, all off season. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable though. It really is, of course. But anyway, move on to Okay. Brett Phillips. He did a couple pretty cool things over this past week. One, making his second pitching appearance of his career. Pitched two innings. Go? He pitched two innings. Grand slam. How did it go? But he made one of the he made an amazing play. Did you see that? Did, yeah. <laughs> made one of the best plays of the year so far. Coming off the mound, running a mile into foul territory, sliding catch right in front of the dugout. Of course, because of course he did. Like he's just he's something else, that guy. He's, just, he's awesome like that. He really is. You gotta love him. And like it's cool how much of an impact he makes on the game, being the type of player that he is. Like, it's one thing if, like, a Mookie Betts or, like, someone of that stature, like, is a good, like, popular player. But Brett Phillips is basically a role player at this point. And he has, like, so many fans. He's just that popular just because of how cool he is. And when he does cool stuff like this on the field, like, I don't know. He's he's just awesome. And then did you see – it might have been the next night even – where he hit the home run or he um, caught a first pitch from a fan who had cancer 
for the, who has cancer for the second time, caught the first pitch. Brett Phillips is our favorite player. And when the girl is getting interviewed on live TV, Brett Phillips is up to that, and he hits the farthest and hardest home run ball of his life, which is just a very cool moment as the girl was getting interviewed. And then they talked to Brett Phillips after the game, and he was getting emotional and showed, like, a real human side of him and just showed how good of a dude he is. So that was just a very, very cool moment this week. Yeah, how could you not be romantic about baseball? Um, but anyway, it's it's awesome. Moments like that, really cool, really great for the game too. Like, obviously, that's a super cool moment. Just the two of those, especially for the, uh, I think it was a girl, young girl, right? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, that's a great moment for her to see her idol hit a home run while she's getting interviewed. Um, but also, it's like a great moment for all of baseball in general because it's it's just so cool to see a moment like that elevated because he was able to hit a home run while she was getting interviewed on live TV. But yeah, great moment overall. Yeah. Mello, anything? Oh, it's a bright Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful moment. Brett Phillips, like, like you guys have said, you guys are stealing all my points today. Um, Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, it's good for the game. It's a beautiful story. And we know that and we know that Brett Phillips is going to continue to do stuff like this. Continue to be the player and the guy that the human being that he is. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. All right. Let's take it to uh Yeah. Uh, whatever night this was. It was Wednesday night. Yeah, it was Wednesday night. You remember. I really didn't remember what day it was. So, um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. comes into Yankee Stadium after going 0 for 8 the first two games of the series. Oh, you had to facing that. facing Garrett Cole, the highest paid pitcher in baseball history, the Yankees' supposed ace. Um, wow! Wow! Fighting tactic. Wow! Um, so you would think Garrett Cole shuts him down because that's what an ace does. Instead, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. goes out and hits three home runs, two off Garrett Cole, goes four for four with a double, all doing it with uh, nine fingers. Yeah. <laughs> that hurts, man. When I saw yeah. that live, I almost cried. And I was oh, like, oh, gross. man. Because Aaron Hicks steps on his finger when Vladdy was going to um, be suspended make a play or whatever. And then his finger was just gushing blood. That was so gross. And then I was we we're like I was watching with my dad and we we're thinking like there's no chance that they have him stay in the game. Like why would they risk that? Yeah. And then they tape him up, goes back out, hits two more home runs and a double. So yeah, I guess he could he could still hit with nine fingers. It was one of those moments where I played first base and I'm like, I'm so lucky that I was never in that position of getting my hand stepped on by a cleat. Yeah. So uh, thank you to all my third basemen, all my shortstops, all my second basemen for not putting me in that position. (laughs) But that also, we don't have to keep talking about his finger because there's more important things to talk about. But that shows kind of the inexperience of him at first base because you shouldn't really put your finger or hands down in the baseline. 
Oh, I guess I don't think he'll ever do that again. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, Vladdy, four hits, three home runs in the game. Absolutely destroyed the Yankees. The Yankees were praising him after. Garrett Cole tipped his hat to him on the mound. Judge just said it was an unbelievable performance. I wish it wasn't against us so I could have watched it on TV. <laughs> and Boone, Boone also praised him. But, I mean, when a guy does that to you, there's nothing else he can really do. He just had an amazing performance all around. And hats off to Vladdy. I saw, a, I saw a headline. I think it was in the New York Post. And I really liked it. Who's your Vladdy? I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but I mean, what are you gonna do? It's Vladdy. Exactly. I wasn't even that upset. Like I was upset, but I'm like, whatever. Yeah. yeah it would have been. It would It would be different if it was like uh, Alejandro Kirk hits the. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. It, it, it's Vladdy Jr. He's. He's expected to hit three home runs in the game sometime. It just happened to come off Garrett Cole. Well, two off Garrett Cole, but yeah. Yes. That's one of your – he's one of your MVP picks, right? Or is he both of yours? Yeah, he's my – Yeah, he's my MVP. Okay. So, yeah, there it is, your MVP. But, yeah, other than that – then he went 0-4 yesterday with four strikeouts on Thursday night. But we don't have to talk about that. <sighs> he had to throw that in there. <laughs> I'm just stating. I'm just going over what <laughs> happened during the week. It's my job to go over what happened during the week. Um, isn't not it a funny st- how the only time he did good against the Yankees this weekend was against Garrett Cole? Juices are flowing a little bit more. I don't know. Yes, Maybe the game didn't start on time or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that was also another story. Yeah, that's... that was so long ago, though. That was ridiculous. Do you want to talk about that or no? I mean, is it that four minutes? What does four minutes do? I don't okay. understand. Not all postseason games start on time. Yeah. And they're so dumb. It's like we're going to start at 8.37. Why can't we just start at like 5.30 or something? Yeah. Does it have to be seven or six? I don't get it. Apparently, okay. We did not play baseball at a high level, so we cannot say for sure. That's true. From what I've heard from, like, or seen from, like, college or even professional pitchers, they do have a crazy, crazy routine where they do plan it to the minute. So this is a real thing. However, you cannot say that publicly, I think. Even if it is it is a real thing, you cannot make an excuse like that. I don't think anymore. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, uh, Jojo Romero confirmed it. it's a real thing for us on TikTok. Um, yes. shout out Jojo Romero. That was pretty cool. Shout out and shout out Jojo. Um, but yeah, like I don't doubt that it's a real thing. It's just like Bobby said, you can't make that excuse publicly or not even excuse reasoning. You can't give that reasoning publicly because think about the fans. None of the fans have pitched at that high of a level. They're not going to understand that. Yeah. Like it's hard for us to understand that, that four minutes makes a big difference. So that's kind of one thing you got to keep to yourself or tell, tell Aaron Boone, tell your managers and tell your other players, like, 
that's it threw me off a little bit but you can't say that publicly really and it's opening day like all these teams are gonna bring out you know they're gonna go above and beyond to make it special and i i would think that they would tell these guys like hey i know it's a one o'clock start but just know that we might start like four or five minutes late yeah i don't know let, let billy crystal do his thing exactly <laughs> yeah that was ridiculous anyway What's next on the docket here? Um, this is a kind of a minor storyline, but it was still very interesting. Matt, you could have possibly not have Nick Castellanos on the Phillies. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, we could have been playing against him yesterday and today. <laughs> as he said, I don't know if he directly said it. I think it was sort of he said that somebody else heard him say or somebody else it was relayed eventually yeah it wasn't like a direct thing it seems exactly it was understood that castianos would have signed with the marlins if Derek jeter wouldn't have stepped down as their ceo right ceo yeah i think that's what his position was yeah ceo yeah, yeah. So if jeter would have stuck around castianos would have been a miami marlin Apparently, Jeter wanted him pretty badly. So, good thing for the Phillies that Derek Jeter saw that Marlon <laughs> uh, didn't want to win and dipped on them. So, like that for the Phillies, tough break for the Marlins. <laughs> Not that they would be, I don't think Nick Castellanos would put them over the edge to compete or anything this year, but it still would have been a solid signing for them. So, yeah. Um, I would, you know, I'm surprised. I would be more upset if I heard one of my guys say that, oh, if this, if this GM or this player would have stayed, I would have gone there. It's like, I don't need to hear that. Yeah. You're with us now. You put on that uniform. You let that, you have to take that. You just gotta, you can tell your teammates, but don't, don't let the fans know. I don't need, I don't need to hear that. I don't. I really don't. So, so the guy who actually reported it is, um, Barry Jackson, a Miami Herald, uh, like writer or whatever. And the tweet was Phillies outfielder, Nick Castellanos just told me that he thought he would be a Marlin until Jeter left the Marlins. Jeter wanted him bad. So then they would have overpaid. So like, I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation, but it's coming from, a uh, guy who covers the Marlins, which I'm not saying it's not true. It's just like a weird situation, it seems. But, but yeah, interesting, but it don't matter. He's a Philly. Phillies, <laughs> <laughs> Phillies off. Philly fans are uh, off to a rough week. Yeah, Alec Boom is struggling, getting booed, and then Castellanos. Like I. Probably wouldn't be here if Jeter was on the other team. Yeah. Uh, Helping you get swept in a two or three game series by the Mets. So I watched opening day. That yeah. Phillies, that was electric. I was like, man, I wish I was there. Yeah. And then I went to the game on Tuesday. Was, was that the, the day that, that boom pinch hit? Yeah. They got the standing Were you up yeah. cheering, Bobby? Were you standing? No. I took Aww. a video of it because I was like, <laughs> I, I took a video over. So I saw, Alec, 
I saw Alec Boehm getting ready. I'm like, oh shit, he's gonna get booed. So I took a video of it. Oh. And, was, and I'm like, why is he getting a standing ovation? So then I just have a video of Alec Boehm. But I was at the game on Tuesday. Great seats, right behind the Mets dugout. I'm sorry, Matt, but it was pretty, pretty cool. But I got the tickets from SeatGeek. Of course he did. And you can too, using the code ATD at checkout, save $20 off, get some good tickets. I got very cheap Phillies tickets right behind the dugout. Saw Pete Alonzo, Francisco Lindor's blue hair right in front of me. Use code ATD for $20 off from SeatGeek. Go to some games. Go look at some players. Go heckle some players. Go give some players a standing ovation. Yeah, who knows? Maybe uh, the next time you go to a game, your phone might be thrown on the field. You never know. Yeah, (laughs) that was ridiculous. That was insane. I couldn't believe that. Then the the Mets fan was saying, like, who's laughing now? Everyone's like, your your phone's on the field. We're we're laughing at you. (laughs) Phillies fans are just different, but... Well, oh, yeah. Philly sports fans are just different in general. So. Oh, yeah. 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 There was a lot of heckling going on at, in my in the section that I was sitting at. Yeah, Bobby was joining in it, as you can see. No, I really didn't. I don't Bobby's think I a ra- heckled Bobby's a rowdy. He's a rowdy guy, if you didn't know this. Yes. He's a very rowdy guy. Yeah. Well, I was sitting in the Mets, three rows behind the Mets dugout with a Phillies jersey on. I had I was rapping Bryce, Bryce Harper. Don't, don't worry. worry, don't worry, Matt. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean Phillies fans, Mets fans were going back and forth, pretty usual. But you know, was there a lot of Mets fans in that yeah. section? Yeah, there was a lot of Mets fans everywhere, like, okay. just because it was it was a good ratio. Hmm. But sad to hear that from a Phillies fan point. Yeah, but but, but I mean, it is New York, like. Like I feel like it's they're very close. There are a lot yeah. of Mets fans. I don't I know the mileage, so I don't. I mean, kind of stay out of this one. Yeah, it's the same thing on the West Coast. It's like, um, well, recently, like a lot of a lot of Padre fans. Yeah, come out they of the out. yeah they come out to L.A. and then obviously the Giants when it's Dodgers Giants, especially on a weekend. Yeah, you're not just. Just be prepared. Just you're gonna hear some things. You're gonna see some things. Are there any A's fans in Southern California? Well, I know a few. You do. I know two. <laughs> I know. Do two. you know any? I know two. I played baseball with two of them. Are there any left? <laughs> I mean, he's still a fan of the. Both of them are still fans of the team. Now they don't recognize their guys anymore, but of course. Um, there, there there's some A's fans, but a couple. A couple, yeah. It's Dodgers, <laughs> Angels, if you go that far, which I oh, never yeah. do, so I always forget about them. But. Yeah. So today, we're recording on Friday, April 15th. Today's Jackie Robinson Day. 75th anniversary. And like they do every year on April 15th, but they do have a slight change this year. Every player will be wearing a Dodgers number 42 in the Dodgers font, which I found pretty cool. 
I think it's a very cool thing that they're going to do. A little slight change. But as always, honoring Jackie Robinson, who everyone knows who Jackie Robinson is, is at this point, but paved the way for every African-American um, baseball player to come after him. And I'm not going to give a history lesson because any baseball fan and basically every sports fan knows who Jackie Robinson is. But it's just an amazing thing that Major League Baseball does every year on April 15th, honoring a legend of the game. Yeah, this is one thing that baseball definitely got right. They didn't they didn't miss with this one. Like in general, just having a day to honor him is awesome. And wearing the 42, everybody wearing 42 on the back of their jersey to honor what he did for the game then and what he did for paving the way, like you said, for all the players in the future. So yeah, MLB round of applause for MLB. Did did a great job there. So Mel, you can you can talk now. Dodgers fan obviously Jackie played for the Dodgers so yeah April 15th is always a special day for Dodger fans um I don't know if you guys know this but every April 15th the Dodgers are home every year always if you go back and check yep every year every year April 15th is the only Dodger like home game that is like you have to Dodgers have to be home April 15th wow you go back and check you can go back and look every year they're home um, so yeah, April 5th, it's always a special day. Um, I know the Dodgers are giving away jerseys, 42 jerseys to, I think the first 40,000 fans tonight. So, uh, if I can get one, we'll see. It's another story, but, um, special day, the Dodgers always go out and then especially, it means a lot more to us too, because we have a black manager, Dave Roberts, and then we have Bookie Betts. So it means a lot. So, and then they always, the family always shows up. So it's a special day and they have, um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but at Dodger stadium in center field, they have the number 42 in the grass. Oh, like so. Painted today. Yeah. That's awesome. They had it yesterday yeah. too. Oh, okay. Okay. I think it's like all weekend. Yeah, so. probably. But yeah, I think like we said, I mean, there's not much to really talk about with other than just, saying it's an amazing thing that Major League Baseball does and Jackie Robinson is like one of the most iconic like baseball player like he just meant so much to this game and not even baseball really like across all sports sports yeah definitely I saw Kevin Durant said he was like talking about him last night or I think it was about um Jackie Robinson and what kind of impact he made like in Brooklyn with the Nets now since he's with the Nets now and all this stuff but just an amazing achievement and just you know great story so and he happy. and he went to uh, UCLA so everybody he went to UCLA yeah you go to the Rose Bowl there's a statue of him right out in front wow so we're always so he has a lot of stuff in Southern California so yeah it's amazing so 75th um, anniversary is today. Jackie Robinson Day. Do you guys like the Dodger 42 on the back now? How do you guys feel about that? I think it's great just because, like, why not? Just to honor everything that Jackie did for all the players. I think it's appropriate to do that. And it's like his 42 that they're wearing, essentially. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's his 42. I know other years, every other year they just wear, you know, what the team, the font is in the back. But uh, it's cool that uh, every team has his number retired in that yeah. Dodger 42. So I think that's special. But it just, it, it just what I thought you could, what, like, what else could you do with Jackie Robinson on his 75th? Because, you know, they, everybody wears the jersey. He's he gets everything and then they hit it out of the park with the Dodger 42 in the back. Yeah. Sure. So I thought that was really cool. Great job, Major League Baseball. Any final thoughts? Glad baseball's back. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine, especially the I was gonna mention this. Can you imagine? And I keep going back to this to this damn lockout, but can you imagine if there was no games on today? Yeah. 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson Day. Yeah, and the players are not on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I, I remember. I feel like I had seen someone mention that, like one of the reporters, tweet about that. Like that was like they need to get the lockout done because of this. But I don't know. Baseball's here. First week of the season is officially done. Started last Thursday. One week down, and how many more? more I don't, yeah. <laughs> The Dodgers are already the best team, so no, I'm just kidding. They did get off to a good start. Any um, any recognition to any players that you guys want to give for this? Yeah, Gavin week? Lux, Gavin Lux, and Cody Bellinger starting to figure it out too. Yes, he is. Whatever he's doing, just keep doing it. Whatever he's doing, keep doing it. He found something. Yeah. Okay, fine. Since we're staying Homer. Um, <laughs> Luis Severino. Okay, looks good. If he can pitch like the Luis Severino from five years ago or whatever it is, it seems like it's very very good thing for the New York Yankees. Last night he pitched great versus the Blue Jays for a second start back to back starts. Looks amazing. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I like Severino. for the Yankees. Me too. It's just like a lot of fun. Like it just seems so long since he's last pitched. Since his uh, first start of the season last week, that was his first time he started since um, 2019. Wow. Yeah. Matt, any uh, Homer appreciation? Yeah, I mean, I would love to say Kyle Gibson, but he kind of blew that last night and took the loss against the Marlins. He had a great first start, but I'll say Gene Segura. He's been really good, really solid so far. He had two home runs um, in the opening series, I believe, or at least maybe it was one against the Mets. But, yeah, he's been solid so far. Picking up Bryce hasn't quite been off to a great start yet. But Neither yeah. any of the big guys have. Not really. No, anyone, not right? really. Schwarber, Schwarber's been all right. Um, Cassie has a home run, but nothing insane or anything to start the year, so. Yeah. Appreciate the chip in from Segura. Okay. What about non-homer picks? Anyone uh, anyone you're keeping an eye on or noticing or have any uh, – what do you call it? Shout out Sean Manaya. He's yes. had two dominant starts. So Great pickup. Yeah. But, I mean, <clears throat> I was, said Jose Ramirez before got the bag and he continues to play. I was thinking maybe now that he got paid, might take a little bit of a step back and chill, but 
Jose Ramirez. <clears throat> I don't know. Clayton Kershaw. Wait, didn't the Padres have two back-to-back no-hit bids to start the season? The first two games? Like, oh, they, they took him into the sixth inning, I think. Like, yeah, two straight games. You Darvish, and I don't know the other one. And Manaya. Manaya. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think they had two back-to-back. But, yeah. I mean, all right. I got Anything I got a non homer one. Okay. By Albert Pujols. Yes. Get to the finish line. Just hit his first home run and he's like 20 hits away. Let's get him there. Yep. And another milestone watch. Watch. Milestone watch. Miggy is very close to 3,000. I think he's like oh, six hits yeah. away, seven hits away, something like that. We mm. said Mother's Day. No. Yeah. We said Mother's Day. We said he'd get it done by Mother's Day. Yeah. He can do it. Yeah, hold up. He better do it. Another yeah. milestone watch that's going to happen this year. Clayton Kershaw is second in all-time Dodger strikeouts. How many? I think he's 12. So he'll get it, like, probably in his next two starts. Something. I got to go look that up, but he is going to pass. Uh, I'm not going to pretend and say. I think it's Don Drysdale. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick myself for that. I should know that. Yikes. That's rough, Mello. I know my history. Don't. No, I know you do. You do. Dodgers all time. Hang on. We're not leaving until I figure this out. Strikeout leaders. Dun, 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 dun. I have a guess, but I don't know who. I don't know if it's right. I don't want to spoil it. What the? Oh, you guys talk, talk. I don't know. <laughs> Mellow. Do you want oh, to here know? we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. No, not hitting. Pitching. Matt Kemp? What? Oh, strikeouts. Oh, shit. <laughs> All-time totals. Yes, that's what I'm looking Don for. Sutton. Don Sutton. Yes. Don that's Sutton. Right. Good he job. Is... I can't do math, but he's very close. John. All right. 13. Well, wraps up. Any no final thoughts till next week for you guys? Anything anything? Baseball is back. Um, yeah. That's it. That wraps up episode 21. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. See ya. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.